Welcome to Road to Blake Street Banter. We are here with Tyler. Tyler, say hi. Hey. And we are here with our college baseball, high school baseball draft guru, Nick. Nick's Nook. How you doing, Nick? Hello. We if you fine. If we if you don't if you haven't caught on already, we are talking draft. So college World Series is a month away, month and a half away. The regionals start in two weeks. The schedule gets released next monday um so all of that stuff is happening which means it is time to light the fire under everybody's butt and get on the draft stuff and so we're here for you all we are doing this uh, it's gonna release on monday we're recording this on that thursday before it so you we don't know the schedule right now so you might be mad at us for that we don't know <laughs> it we're doing this before that we're gonna make some of our cws predictions and then our Colorado Rockies predictions while we go about it, uh, like who they're going to draft, who they can look at, and just some more player profiles. I believe it was episode 10 or 9 where we had Nick on there with us, and he kind of, him and Tyler kind of gave us some breakdown with some other players. So I'm kind of curious where those guys fall into it. But enough of that, right? Enough of me talking. <laughs> you guys, this is your pod. This is you all. So who wins the CWS? Make your somebody, way too early production predictions. Somebody from the SEC. more. Probably. Yeah, that's the safe pick. I'm going with a somewhat biased pick because my my UNM Lobos played them at the very beginning of the season. And I like looked pretty deep into that team just to see what they were were doing. Oregon State uh out of the Pac 12. They I mean, we know we've always seen Oregon State, you know, doing well in, in the postseason. Um you know, this isn't like one of their best rosters, but it is a pretty insane roster, super deep lineup. They've got uh, Cooper Hajerpy, a left-handed pitcher, who's going to go in the first round of this draft, you know, maybe as high as as the teens. So they're they're pretty loaded. And I would love to just see someone other than an SEC team win it, uh, but we'll see what happens. So I'm, I'm giving Oregon State some love. There's always a – there's always – I mean, Oregon State's always there, but there's always yeah. another kind of a random – Cinderella team outside of the SEC, the Pac-12 that kind of comes out of nowhere. So it's gonna be fun to watch. Uh, pick one, Nick. Go out on a limb. Pick one <laughs> SEC team that will win the CWS. I'll just. I'm just gonna say Tennessee. Yeah, Tennessee. I, I'm. I'm not a fan of them, but it's <laughs> gonna be Tennessee, and it's that's just gonna be who it is. <laughs> All right, heard it here first. Nick is dropping it down. Tennessee. I wonder if I can put a bet in on that. Um, We'll have to look into that. So, like we said, so College World Series is decided by regionals and super regionals. So regionals are coming up here shortly. Um, they play like a four-team four team tournament, right? And then the winners uh, of those play three other teams and a super regional. And then yeah. the winner of those eight tournaments are going down to the CWS. I believe our boy James is going to be in the wood, neck of the woods of Notre Dame uh, regional coming up. So maybe he can get some inside looks. And I'm sure, Nick, you're going to be somewhere watching if, regional somewhere. Uh, yeah, I might also go. To, no, I'm not sure yet. It's dependent where, where Old Miss goes and then also where. Because I know they're projecting. I've seen UCLA coming up as far as Indiana. Oh, that'd be nice. Doesn't make any sense to me, but. <laughs> right. Yeah, regionals. Sending yeah. a team that far. But it's probably the only chance you're going to ever see them even up this way close. Right. right. So. Yeah. 
Norway's a good team too. All right. So predictions, we got them. And here we go. NCAA postseason prospect sleepers. So who are some of these guys that are in the college part of the draft that we're going to be seeing on our TV over the next few weeks that are not connected to the Rockies that might not be there at the 10, 31, 38 pick, but just dudes that we should be watching. Tyler, who are your top three guys? Yeah. So I guess these guys sort of are maybe like, we'll see kind of how their stocks, you know, play out over these next few weeks, next month and a half. Um, Some of them might be in play at 10, 31, 38. I know my first guy actually is going to get some crossover action later, courtesy of Nick. Um, Drew Gilbert from Tennessee. This is sort of like the leader of the Tennessee Volunteers team that's you know currently ranked number one. Like they're they are ridiculous, and it sort of starts with Drew Gilbert being just this table setter of a hitter. Um, so he had a 485 on base percentage this season. Um, you know, sneaky power great outfield defender like he does a little bit of it all he's sort of like this year's Sal Freelick if you guys remember um, from the draft last year a lot of people wanted the Rockies to take him you know he was there um, won a few picks later to um, I think it was the Mariners if I know the Brewers it was Um, yeah the Brewers yeah went to Milwaukee and you know just a really good all-around player not going to hit the ball out of the park a lot but everything else you know he's really good so Drew Gilbert's my first you know we'll bounce over to Nick we'll do a little ping pong here so nick who's your first kind of sleeper guy um i have and i guess they're in the tournament i'll do alex mcfarland first um you know he just pitched the other night for miami um i don't think he's even the best reliever on their team but i like what i saw his inning i think it was an inning and a half uh uh not Good slider, 90s, high 90s fastball. Um, I know, I think my they had won, if I'm not mistaken, they had won their game. Uh, I don't remember who they played, but he's, it's a good relief arm. Uh, they also have Andrew Walters, or Walt, I believe it's Walters as well. But yeah, Miami's a good, good ACC team uh, with their tournament going on right now. So I like him a lot. Maybe middle of the third, fourth, somewhere around then. Is it common to see relief arms like that go in the top one or two? Not necessarily, unless you, unless you know you're going high under slot. But you know those guys start to go end of the you know beginning of the third. Okay, it also the arm talent, right? Of course, but so but I mean, arm bar guys, bullpen guys, always kind of get looked over in general. Yeah. So just curious how that played at the draft. All right. Um, and so you said McFarlane plays with Miami. Uh, Gilbert was a Tennessee yeah, outfielder. Miami, Florida. Um, for Gilbert. And then who is Dalton rushing, Tyler? He is basically this year's Henry Davis, except, you know, not going to go near where Henry Davis went in the draft. Obviously, 1 1. But Dalton rushing is, is currently Louisville's catcher. And he had a pretty monster season, 21 home runs. He slugged 703. Like this is a really good hitter and someone who's kind of gotten lost in the shuffle of this draft class. Um, you know, there's a good chance he actually plays catcher. Like a lot of guys in college are going to play some catcher, be good hitters, but obviously have to move off the position, which, you know, doesn't make you all that valuable of a prospect if you're going to be a first baseman. But Dalton Rushing might play catcher and 
you know, there's huge power. He's a good hitter, uh, kind of everything he does, except, you know, he, he's stuck between catcher and first base. This is not someone who could remotely go out there and play, you know, corner outfield spot. He's a pretty lumbering type of player. <laughs> um, but for, for pick 31 or 38 for the Rockies, getting a guy like rushing, he could immediately be one of the best hitters in the system and provide a huge punch for wherever he plays. So that's kind of why I outlined him. I was like, if the Rockies were able to get him, you know, another catching option, huge power, like I would endorse that. He's someone I think is projected to go late second, but I could totally see him creeping up into that early, early second, maybe even late first range. All right. Dalton rushing. As you were speaking, I just kept thinking Hunter Goodman, but a little bit better of a bat profile. Yeah, exactly. Like more walks, more, you know, patient approach. But similar power and you know maybe a better. There's not more, any more room for another first baseman. I mean, I think you've got now one at uh, every level. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So you you got to hope Russian could play catcher. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> keep adding to that that catching depth. Um, Nick, who is Brett Gillis? Uh, well, and, and then some of this is you no. Know, uh, I believe he's going to pitch tonight, so I don't. You know, I know this was going to go out on Monday, but. Uh, one of the more underrated arms, obviously, you know, he doesn't play in, in the strongest conference, West Coast Conference, but, you know, plays for the uh, Portland Pilots who have had uh, one of their best seasons in a while, you know, uh, 13 starts, 82 innings, uh, 111 strikeouts, one home run, 29 walks. You know, he's old, uh, not old, but you know, he's 22, he'll be 23. Uh, he was the West Coast Conference Pitcher of the Year, the first uh, Pitcher of the Year for uh, or Player of the Year, I think Pitcher Player of the Year for Portland. So you know he's a little bit older, um, but you know he's one of the the better arms. You know, and, and Portland's been a very good team. You know, playing. Oh yeah, they're set for their first ever. Uh, West Coast Conference Journeyman's appearance. So, you nice. know, first ever, yeah. So he's really good. You know, he's got good stuff. He's probably might be a day end of, you know, beginning of day three, end of day two, one of those senior guys. But yeah, he's been uh, a revelation and it, it's been fun to watch, you know, for a school like Portland. Yeah. Yeah. I'm just, Portland doesn't get a lot of guys, as you said, like their first conference tournament. So that's, that's a big deal, especially well, in the Northwest. The West, the West, like the Pac-12, their, their TV conference deal is, is pretty bad. It, it's <laughs> Go down the line, right? Yeah. Minus the SEC, what do we, <laughs> there's not much well, else to talk about. It'd, it'd be nice if, you know, every conference was like with ESPN and how they do it, but. Yeah. <laughs> that's a whole, conference. that's a whole another issue. Yeah. <laughs> that's a whole another day. All right. And then ended up with another, your last guys each that we're going to talk about or look at as they're playing in these regionals. So I've got Tanner Schobel. He is Virginia Tech shortstop. So with this, I kind of, my theme was sort of like, you know, good players on great teams that haven't been, you know, listed so high on prospect lists. Uh, Tanner Schobel, like I know on, on MLB.com, I want to say he's around a hundred, which I think is really low for him at this point. Like he's a guy who's going to play shortstop in the pros, um, you know, kind of looks like a five tool player. He's pretty small. He's small. He's five. He's listed at five ten, one seventy, which is small, but he had 16 homers this year. So, you know, he's not going to be a, a Garrett Hampson at the plate. 
He's going to hit the ball out of the yard, his his fair share. He's going to play shortstop. He has some speed, um, does it all. So this is someone who, when teams kind of clamor for all these, these college bats, that becomes a really popular kind of demographic to target late in the first, early second. Just day two is all about finding, you know, really good college talent. Um, Tanner Schobel could really rise up prospect boards because, you know, this is a do-it-all shortstop. So uh, he'll be leading Virginia Tech. I don't know about leading necessarily, but he'll be one of Virginia Tech's top players um, going through the postseason. And for the record, we are not a pro Virginia Tech pod. If you listen <laughs> to our Zach Kukoska conversation, you'll see why. But it's, I mean, you can't you can't ever go wrong with the shortstop either if you're gonna draft yeah, somebody. Exactly. I mean, athletic is will play. And your final dude, Nick, who do you got? Uh, uh, Jonathan Cannon. Uh, he was a he was a Braves pick last year. Um, they I don't think they offered him enough money to sign with them. So he didn't. Oh, uh, so he didn't sign with them. He went back to Georgia. Um, is probably going to be drafted higher than he was because this stuff is ticked up a little bit this season. 6'6", 207, he's tall. 21 will be 22 uh, around the draft, a little bit after the draft. You know, but his stuff, he's pitched uh, a little bit better. You know, less walks, more innings, uh, more strikeouts. But yeah, it's a very – it's probably not, you know, if you're going off of stuff or – uh, I don't know, pitchability or you know, fastball or stuff. It's not the you know most potential, but it's one of those arms um, you know that you're going to be able to like the Angels did with the number of their draft picks from last year. You're going to be able to plug him at a higher, you know, maybe high A, maybe double A, you know, and he's going to pitch there. You're not going to have to you know move him around uh, the lower levels of the minors. You know, right. he's, he's got the stuff to you know make an impact at a higher level. Kind so of it's a very very polished arm. Kind of know what you're getting and you know what you're going to get from it like it is what it is at this point so he probably benefited from going back to the back to school one last year so jonathan cannon who, who does he play for uh georgia georgia i know they right. i know they were eliminated i believe in the sec tournament so but they're still got to really they're probably going to make a reach okay all right so some players to watch i mean these games usually are televised kind of actually, no, it's not until the super regionals until we really get good television coverage. So just six names to watch for. Why not? Like if you're watching a game, I know I texted you guys like two weeks ago, I was watching LSU versus somebody. I was like, all right, Mississippi. And who am I watching for? Who am I looking for? And it was kind of fun watching those names and looking at that talent. And they definitely stand out. You know, who is definitely ready to go to the majors and get drafted here as you're watching these guys. All right. So enough of that. You got your, you got your fix. You got your college fix. Let's talk rocks draft. So they're notorious for not picking high school players. Um, what 10 in the last 12 years or something like that. Um, they are slot over slot. I don't know what that is, but Tyler will tell us what that's all about. Um, so Right now, we are sitting at the Rockies have the 10th pick, 31st pick, and 38th pick. And that's what we're going to focus on this stuff today. Um, I know last time we talked about it, there was um, this class is holy crap of high school bats. I mean, look at it, Drew, Drew Jones, um, Jackson Holiday, a few others. Super strong college bat class, Lee Jung, Parada, a few names that 
that we talked about deepest high school pitching crop ever like a ton of names so i'm kind of curious where you guys are going to go with that with the 31st and 38th um and college pitching is very injured and loaded with questions um who is that diamond in the rough who is that Jaden hill hopefully the diamond that we want him to be <laughs> we haven't quite got there who is kind of that next guy i mean i've heard through the grapevine that the college arms are just as injured as the major league arms this year so not seeing all of this fantastic talent all the way around um so that's kind of what we're dealing with it's kind of what we're working with and the rockies being the rockies billy schmidt doing his thing kind of putting all of that into perspective as tyler and nick give their their predictions for what to look at at the 10 31 38 so we're not just looking at names that are slotted around 8 through 12 we're looking at names that might meet the rockies mold kind of meet the rockies needs so we're not idiots here. Well, we are, but we're not that we're not that ridiculous, I promise. Okay. So talk draft strategy. What are we doing as Rockies? What the heck is a slot? What is this pool? What is a bonus? How do I maneuver this as a first-time draft watcher as a Rockies fan? It's don't get tricky. Don't get yeah, it's it's tricky business. And and I yeah, I won't try to say it all so that Nick can definitely, you know, provide his insight. But the way I tried to explain it before we, you know, started recording, at least the, the metaphor I wanted to use is, you know, think of the the slot pool as like a just a pie chart. And I mean, a lot of things can be viewed that way. Um, but you have X amount of money and you have to distribute it across all your picks. So when you're given like the Rockies four picks in the top 50, you're going to get a pretty hefty um, you know, slot pool, and you can kind of play with that money. If you want to go under slot, every pick is assigned a slot value. So if you want to, you know, sign a player for less than that slot bonus, you're going to be able to take that money and spend it elsewhere and vice versa. If you go over slot at a certain pick, you're going to have less money to spend later. The Rockies sort of notoriously haven't played around with slot bonuses too much. It's usually like we'll take slot guy, slot guy, slot guy. And occasionally they'll take someone way under slot. Um, Nick, do you want to talk about the possibility of an over slot? <laughs> it's not likely. You know, maybe, you know, maybe like a 10, you know, they'll go, but then they'll save. They've never spent outside of their, their allotted pool in, ten, in the 10 years that they've been doing that. So, you know, it's, it's, it's something that I could talk about for a while, but it's, you know, you've, at some point you've got to start taking those risks. Or if you are going to go all college, you know, You've got to get those guys up quicker. Like with the Angels, with their last year's draft class, where they went all pitch. You know, a lot of those guys, uh, I think nine or ten of them are at Double A. You know, they're they're already, you know, and you you just you got to get them. You know, when they're ready, they got to go. You just you got if you're going to go, you know, do that strategy. So they're you know 23 or 24 when they're up in the majors. Otherwise, you know, you're just you know, you're just wasting picks. So a lot to look at, like the history of it. I mean, Billy Schmidt broke the mold last year by signing Chris Bryant. So maybe he breaks the mold this year. Highly unlikely because, I mean, he's been in charge of this for the last 10, 15 years. So he, we kind of know what to expect. We know where we're going with this. A lot of under slot guys, a lot of find the value type picks um, mm-hmm. going with that. A lot so, of just safe, you know, just being safe with it, not taking that risk. Yeah. And Rockies, Rockies like to do things safe. But we're not going to get into that right now. <laughs> uh, targets at number 10. 
So give me one or two guys. Um, I know last time we talked about Jackson Holiday came up. Um, Brooks Lee came up. Like, not as a realistic, but maybe, hopefully, cross our fingers type thing. Um, this Jackson Holiday kid, man. I, I just got – so I'm the guy that read MLB.com, and I'm going off of Jim Callis' stuff. He is predicting uh, Jackson Holiday goes – first to the Orioles um he's obviously we all know Matt Holiday his son out of Oklahoma shortstop not gonna go play with his dad at Oklahoma State yep yeah. Oklahoma well, State um as of now he's probably going he's probably going draft and he is being predicted right now as the first overall pick which is why well, if you if you want to feel even older I just saw a perfect game release their uh 2025 rankings um, and I know I last time I wasn't really sure, but his other son, Ethan Holiday, also committed to Oklahoma, uh, Oklahoma or committed to where you know Jackson is. He's, I believe, number five in the class of 2025. That's a family. <laughs> yeah, no joke. So, Just when did Matt Holiday have time to make two kids during his time? So it's kind of wild, you know. He would he played what in the 2018 play played in the last postseason. Yeah. For yeah. the Rockies. Now his now his son. It's going to be a or no, he's I'm sorry, Ethan Holiday seven in 2025. But yeah, so it's nuts. That's wild. That is crazy to think about. They're just a number of you know former players, you know sons. Now they're, I think Dan Douglas yeah. got a son. I heard Carl Crawford had a son out has a yeah. son that's been playing somewhere. Um, all right, who who is the number one guy that we should expect? I guess at the number ten spot um, with all the stuff that we just kind of talked about. Tyler, who you got? So for me, like, it's hard to see this happening, but I've seen multiple mock drafts now that have Jace Young from Texas Tech dropping to 10 for the Rockies. And for me, it's just kind of like, why? Like, this is arguably the best hitter in the class. You know, there's some pop there. Very proven. And kind of as Nick was talking, like, you, you do want proven players. If you have the chance to kind of balance proven with upside like why not take that so that's why I don't really see Jace Young falling out of the top you know eight that's kind of his floor to me is like pick eight like I I just don't see him making it to 10 but again some of these guys who this is their job to kind of run this Jim Callis slotted Jace Young to 10 for the Rockies Mm. you know I love it the guy let me let me quickly give you his his stats this season 56 walks and just 35 strikeouts like that is you know pretty ridiculous 14 home runs like he's not a he's not going to hit a ton of of homers because he's a lot more hit over power but he's a strong guy like when I saw him live here in Albuquerque I thought he was like 6'2 like 220 but he's I think like six foot 200 so he is built and he's strong Um, so I would love Jace Young but we'll see kind of what happens there. And I'm looking at Callis' stuff, and I wonder if this has something to do with it, but there's five players in the top nine picks, I guess you can go, that are high school players. And so I'm wondering if that's just kind of the MO of those teams too, and that might be why he might drop to us. But They're smart. That's what it is. They're smart. <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> like there's, they're, they all have their style their own way. So it's kind of mm-hmm. curious because, I mean, Drew Jones is going number two predicted to the D-backs. Well, um, well, I can so. tell you the Orioles are going to go, and they've, they've proven it the last couple of years, they're probably going to go under slot outfielder. They did so that he, last year with 
Colton Kausner. They did that with Kajerstad. You know, I don't see them taking you know, one of those premier high school players. It's just not been their MO. What the fuck is Callis doing? <laughs> All right. Yeah, they do seem like the team, like, save another, like the Pirates did it with Henry Davis last year. They saved, like, $2 million, I think. And yeah. then they were able to go sign, you know, multiple top 50 prospects. Like, I think in the fourth round, even, they took a guy. I want to say they – it was – I don't I don't want to say names and be wrong, but they took multiple high school prospects who were projected to go top 50 – they were taking them outside the top 50 because they had the money to do that. Yeah, that's like, yeah, like Nick said, that's what the Orioles are all about. So, Well, they, the, the crazy thing was, you know, with the Orioles, when they took Jerstad, uh, I, I don't know if he was first or top five or whatever. You know, not only, you know, did, they, did you draft somebody, you know, that wasn't projected to go that high, but then, you know, he's had the, the heart issues and the medical issues, so he hasn't really been on, been on the field. Yeah. You know, it's, it, it's tough. So, no, I'm not projecting them. Being obviously also being a fan of yours, I'm not projecting them to go one of those, you know, top tier high school kids. And that's fair. So we are lucky enough of Jace Young, arguably the best college bat, is drops to us, and he does play for Texas Tech. So keep that keep an eye out there for that Big Ten, Big Twelve team there. Who do you think um, might drop to us at ten, Nick, or who 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 are we picking? Um, I I put Drew Gilbert here, and and look, thinking about it, you know what this team needs, you know, Blackman looks washed at the plate. He's probably going to retire next year. I would say this year, but, you know, I think it's like 16 or 17 million he's getting next year. Yeah, he has a nice contract. Yeah, he's not, he's not going anywhere. Um, you know, they need somebody in center. I know Benny Montgomery is, is playing there in the minors, but, you know, he's uh, a few years away and, you know, the, the bat doesn't, develop you know Gilbert you know probably could be up at the end of next year you know September call-up you know wow that's a big prediction so you're saying he's almost already major league level ready well I would say you know depending on you know I know he's he's been great you know at Tennessee you know it's just a matter of you know how he hits in the minors and stuff but you know just you know you take an outfielder here you know and then you know hopefully you know he's ready next year for or you know beginning of 2024 you know for black all right you know we need we need desperately need you know good hitting outfitters because you know isn't i think richick's either gone after this season or next so is blackman no yeah i mean i mean your logic makes sense so building up for that 24 25 window so why not pick a little bit older because he is 21 Mm -hmm. years old uh, so picking up, picking an older guy to come in there, not a, not a bad idea. Not a bad thought. I'll roll and, with it. I, I think it would also maybe be a little bit of a reach, but you know, nothing, you know, I, it's hard to predict how the Rockies will draft. So, you know, I just, I went with the player that makes the most sense. He might even be available at you know 31 or 38, probably right. not there, but. Yeah, because he's number 28 right now on Callis's mm-hmm. big board. So so a little bit early, but also like you said, it could drop down to 30, 31, 38. All right, let's uh that's a bold one. I think I feel like that's a bold prediction. I like it. Um who else could we possibly like look at? Um give us your final each give us one more guy that hopefully we can see realistically see at the number 10 spot. So my second one is this is 
big time outside the box, it's probably not going to happen for that reason because it's a little bit too creative. Um, and kind of talking, I just mentioned Henry Davis taking pick one by the Pirates last year, saved a lot of money. They spent that money with their later picks. The Rockies could potentially do that here at 10 with uh, Alabama left-hander Connor Prelop. If you are a big draft fan, you probably saw coming into the season a lot of people, um, you know, saw Connor Prelop as a potential, you know, one dot, like first overall type of talent. Um, and, and, you know, an option for teams picking in the top five. But he had Tommy John surgery last year, so didn't get to pitch really. Uh, it didn't really get to pitch much at all in his entire college career, just 28 innings. But, you know, absolutely dominant in those innings and has the tools to be a really good pitcher. But, again, didn't pitch this year. His stock has really dropped. But he just threw a bullpen in front of what looked like 100 MLB scouts or something, um, you know, Apparently he was kind of back. Kylie McDaniel of ESPN, kind of their lead prospect guy, said he's hearing a lot of mid-round, mid-first round buzz for Connor Prellup. So it wouldn't make it that crazy the Rockies take him at 10. And, you know, in doing that, they could save potentially a million uh, under slot and take that extra million and go get a, a really highly touted high schooler at pick 31 or pick 38, someone that otherwise is going to go to college and try to build up their draft stock. The extra bonus of Connor Prelop is he fits the Rockies pitching mold perfectly. He has the the lower spin fastball, which, you know, correlates with, with vertical break, which is kind of like that, that rise into the zone. Mm -hmm. The Rockies do the opposite. They want fastballs that are kind of coming down into the zone that creates ground balls. Connor Prelop is, is that guy in this draft class. And he also has a plus slider you know, workings of a good changeup as well. So he's a perfect Rockies pitcher, and you would be able to do some fun stuff with your next picks if you took him. So it's kind of like my pipe dream. It's almost definitely not going to happen because, you know, Bill Schmidt is going to just stick to the grain and take a guy who makes a lot more sense for 10. But it'd be fun. It would be fun. <laughs> <laughs> and I mean, that's what we're here for. That I was the whole time you were talking, I was like, what's the point of taking him at? a 10 spot if he is around the, you know, the 25 to 35 range, but you mentioned it, it's the $1 million savings. Like you're able to spend that elsewhere. Yeah. And that's the other part of this whole draft game that, I mean, I was ignorant of until last year and I would say I'm a pretty knowledgeable baseball fan. So having that in there, that's a, that's valid, like something you have to consider. Um, all right. Give us your spiel for Jackson holiday, Nick. Why would he um, possibly drop down to the 10 spot? I'm, well, I don't know about falling to the 10th. I just, I'm just going to say the nepotism part of it, you know, draft, uh, I think it's <laughs> would be the right term there. I just, you know, just, you know, give them the same number as Matt. You don't even need to lose jerseys. No. <laughs> I mean, it's, 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 you know, maybe, you know, doesn't make, you know, total sense. You know, maybe you know, he goes higher, but it's just that, you know, appeal to the fans. You no, know, it's just, it makes, just too much sense because of who he is, you know? Yeah. I probably wouldn't have him there, you know, if he wasn't Matt Holiday's son and maybe have somebody else, but it's just, it's just too perfect, you know, to just, yeah, you know, we, you know I love Matt Holiday, you know, don't even lose the jerseys. We'll give him the same number, you know? <laughs> it's just 
everybody's at the draft or at home watching the draft in their holiday jerseys and there it is jackson yeah. in it i mean, I mean yeah. there is something to that right i mean the rockies had ey jr for a little bit because of senior and they've had that there and they are i mean yorvis torialba they have that there they are they have drafted two high schoolers the last two in the first round of the last two drafts got being in montgomery holiday fits that mold so quite possibly likelihood of him dropping to number 10 on a scale of one to 10 10 for sure one being the lead not at all what would you put the the likelihood of him dropping to 10 i would say two or three very low okay tyler what's at the beginning of the year i i would say he might not have even been a first round pick but he's just Wait. he's turned into just just ridiculous he's broken state uh, state records so yeah yeah i'd say two or three as well like think he'll probably go in the top five that's seems pretty likely at this point okay so absolutely no way but <laughs> the the dream is there fine. having another holiday in our midst would be fantastic it'd be fun um and hopefully it'd be just as good i yeah so let's we have 31 and 38 so the compensation pick right is um the 31 pick that's from the trevor story thing right yeah and then we have the 38 pick which is also a supplemental from why do we have that one that's just mlb i don't it's not because they like to but it's like in their rules to help out the smaller market teams so after the first and second rounds um you know smaller market teams are just kind of handed these extra picks to try and help them stay competitive they they rotate every year so the Rockies pick, I think it was after the second round last year. Now they'll pick, you know, they rotate every year. Okay. So that compensation A and B. So okay. Last year that was Joe Rock. And this year it's going to be someone who's, you know, a borderline first round pick. So, right. So, be- yeah, because 31, there's 30 teams and we have the very first pick after the, everybody gets their first pick. So, who give us one or two names, three names if you want to go with it. I mean, by now you already kind of realize this is all fluctuating it's all a fluid situation so like easily one of your guys could go 31 or easily could go 38 just the reality of it so let's keep that in mind as we're talking about each one who are some of the guys that we could possibly see at 31 and 38 tyler starts off so i want to just kind of follow up my train of thought with connor prelop going under slot like what would that allow you to do i'm gonna pick a guy in Justin Crawford. I think you alluded to him at the beginning of the podcast, Carl Crawford's son. Um, this is someone who kind of like Jackson holiday is, is starting to make a huge rise up boards, you know, looks like a, a, a sure thing to go in the first round, but you know, for these guys, the high school guys, if they don't go as high as they want to um, you know, they're going to come with really high signing bonus demands and, teams in the mid late first round might not want to touch them. They might want to save their, their, you know, slot, get a college player who's safer and cheaper. Um, and that might allow someone like Justin Crawford to slip to the Rockies. Um, you know, that's where your, your slot savings from pick 10 could come in handy. And this is just an exciting player. He's super fast. He's basically his dad. Um, <laughs> if you remember Carl Crawford, really fast, great hitter, you know, had some pop in there. I think he played center field most of his career. So yes, he did. it's a, it's a great profile all around committed to Louisiana state. So, I mean, guys love going to Shreveport, going to Louisiana state, but you know, if you have an extra million dollars at pick 31, you might be able to make some things happen. 
Um, and that would be the benefit, again, of going under slot. You get to take a guy projected to go mid-first round, but you give him the signing bonus later on that other teams would not give him. So Justin Crawford, that is a guy to keep in mind. Many other high schoolers, too. Many others. <laughs> yeah, I'm looking at it right now. He's already a 70-grade run, which is incredible. Uh, which would I, I love speed. Speed's fun. Yeah. Especially down watching in Fresno. I mean, Veen and Veen and what had 50 stolen bases, 60 stolen bases last year. So it'd be fun to watch. Uh, who do you got unrealistically? Let's go unrealistic, um, Nick. Um, I'm gonna give I'm gonna go three arms. I'm gonna first up, I'm gonna go Ian Ritchie Jr. He also goes by um, J.R. Ritchie um, out of Bainbridge Island, Washington. Um, he's a really good arm. Uh, good fastball, good um, slider, good good everything. Uh, yeah, mid-90s plus fastball or plus slider, but he's I know he's used the fastball obviously more you're going to use that you know, in high school because you know, the better it is, you, know, you don't need to throw the off-speed, but you know, a really good pitcher. Uh, he's going to be drafted. You know, I'd say he's a top 50, top 60 arm. Um, it's a really fun arm to watch. Uh, and if he doesn't, you know, he's, he's going to join the, the talent that they have there at UCL, UCLA, Gage Jump, um, Thatcher Hurd. So it's a really fun arm. It's yeah. very polished. It'd be fun to be an 18 year older that can basically do whatever you want. <laughs> like yeah. I could go first round, second round. And if I don't, I'm just going to go to UCLA for three years and <laughs> just dominate fools there. Cause I'm reading right now. He's topped at 97 sits around 95 mm-hmm. and has a low 80 slider as an 18 year old. It's a really good arm. It's incredible <laughs> what they are able to do now. That's not so Ian Ritchie, high schooler out of where's he actually from? Washington. Washington. Yeah. Washington. All right. Tyler, who's who's up next for you? Yeah. Well, so first I just want to say that, you know, someone like J.R. Ritchie is another player that if you go under slot early, you know, someone like why wouldn't you want to go to UCLA if you're not drafted really high? Um, yeah. so it, it might afford you the the flexibility to take someone like that. Um, who wants to go in the first round, and if he doesn't, is going to have high signing bonus demands. Um, but my guy, jumping back to my College World Series prediction, uh, Oregon State, I have Jacob Melton, who is their top hitter, top, not quite their top player, because I mentioned Cooper Hajerpy, their left-handed ace. But Jacob Melton is a five-tooler in center field. Um, you know, there's big-time power. He's really fast and plays a good center field. So those are guys that really appeal to me for the Rockies at this point. You know, we've seen plenty of corner bats. We need more guys who play up the middle. And Jacob Melton does that. Um, you know, he's, he's, a, he's a polished version of Benny Montgomery in a way with, you know, less power. So that, those are the kinds of guys I'm really hoping we can get in this draft class. Give us some, you know, close to MLB ready talent. And I think that Jacob Melton is a guy that could, you know, pull that off. Yeah, saying he's just overall 50 grade on everything. He's just kind of a little bit above average in all the tool sections. So, yeah, that would be cool. It kind of goes back to what Nick was saying about having that almost pro-ready college bat ready to go, yeah. see what we can do with that in the in the minors. All right, I like that. Jacob Melton from Oregon State. Um, are we fans of Oregon State from our last banner session? Tyler? No, like because Braden Ward absolutely – he said they're the worst – 
fan base and college right. baseball. So, Braden, if you are watching this, which you're not, but if you, <laughs> if you are, I don't like Oregon State, but, like, they're a good team and they're fun to watch. So. And he did speak specifically of the fans, not really the players yeah. on the Beavers. So, but – no, I don't like them. We're not a pro <laughs> beaver beaver pot either. So Virginia Tech cross Oregon State cross off. Sorry if you're a fan of them. That's your, that's your problem, not ours. Nick, who do you got? Realistically, who do you might see being picked there? Uh, I'm going to go with another one that I have here. I'm going to go Owen Murphy, uh, another high school kid. There, there are a number of good arms coming out of uh, the state of Illinois in the next couple of years. Uh, you have Owen Murphy this year. I, you have Xander Muth, who next year, who is uh, committed to Old Miss, who is going to be very, very good. But uh, Owen Murphy is, is a lot you know, similar to um, Ian Ritchie, you know, that 90 mile fastball, uh, another, you know, real simple kind of delivery. I know he can also hit a little bit. I don't think, you know, they're going to use him as the hitter, but. You know, he's another uh, in the next couple of years. One of uh, one of a number of very strong prep Illinois um, high school pitchers. Yeah, he's on the U.S. eighteen and under eighteen and under national team in September, and it looks like he plays a little third base. Um, yeah, to your point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So could go either yeah. way. Again, if it doesn't work out for him, he's just headed south a little bit and going to Notre Dame for a while. Owen Murphy, another high school arm. But like you said, you alluded to earlier, like the Rockies don't really do high school arms. But do you think this might be one that they would dive into? I think if they're, if they're going to buck the trend and, and they're finally going to you know, do something, I think, and it may, you know, may not ultimately, it may not be up to them. You know, this, this is not a good college draft class, especially, you know, kind of at the back end of that first round. You know? So, you know, they might be forced to do, you know, something like that, you know, take a high school kid, you know, maybe not a pitcher. I, I would, I could see a, a hitter more just because they haven't had a lot of success with high school pitchers, mm-hmm. but, you know, I think there, there's going to be, you know, it's all, it's going to have to come down to, you know, there might have to take a high, a high school kid just kind because of the talent out. otherwise just isn't going to be there. All right. That makes sense. All right, last one each. Again, another name to look at for the 31-38th pick. Uh, Tyler, who's your last one you got so for us? My last guy in this, I saved the best for last. This is, you know, one of my very favorite prospects in this draft class. His name is Eric Brown out of Coastal Carolina. He plays shortstop there. And sort of like Drew Gilbert, another guy who's – pretty compact he's listed at 5'11 190 which is actually pretty strong for 5'11 like that's that's a good build short um, short kind of but yeah he is he's short at 5'11 um but you know he's he's quick he's strong he does a, a lot of everything and his exit velocities are some of the best in the class from the middle infield at least um more walks than strikeouts which is always appealing uh stole 12 bags this year so he is another jackknife do-it-all kind of guy. I mentioned Tanner Schobel early in the in the pod, and these guys are sort of similar. They're the small shortstops who, you know, have some sneaky pop. But to me, Eric Brown, I, I really see his skill set translating, um, you know, from a plate discipline standpoint, from a power standpoint, him being a 15 to 20 homer guy, 
um, and just being a, you know, good defender. So he'd be really exciting. Going to be like the, my guy of this draft class. I would absolutely love him at 31 or 38 for the Rockies. Um, keep him in mind. He's also got a really funky stance too. Yeah, he, he does. <laughs> it's cool, but it's definitely. Yeah, there, there are a couple of guys at the top end that, you know, it's not the most pretty thing, but works. I mean, everybody, that's the cool thing about Isis is all works that ends up being the same, almost the same anyway in the end. And that'd be an underslot draft pick. It looks like you'd be about a, you slot around 50, 50, 60, 70. So that'd be a nice little underslot there too. Just bringing in that knowledge back in here. Look at me learning. And we'll see. <laughs> um, we'll see. Maybe he becomes, he does so well though, you know, in the draft process that he becomes like a projected first round pick and is no longer an underslaughter. But you got the logic down. <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully Coastal Carolina doesn't go very far. How about that? Boom. Um, last one, Nick. Who is the last name? Go whatever one you want to do. Give us your last one. I'm going to reach back into Washington again. Uh, I'm going to go with Jackson Cox. Unfortunate last name, but no, not the worst <laughs> class. Um. Uh, he is an Oregon commit, so you know there isn't, there hasn't been a total lot on him. Uh, what I've seen, I've liked. You know, he is um, kind of up there. You know, in you know high, mid nineties. I, I know he's touched you know ninety five, ninety six before. Um, you know, it's another real easy you know delivery. Uh, Tuttle Lake High School, um, you know, but a really good depth. Uh, I think it's a slider, but you know, I think he's probably got you know curveball. But, you know, really good depth slider. Um, I think, you know, he maybe not like Richie. I think he's probably going to be a tougher sign away from Oregon. But it's another, it's a, it's, there's just so many good high school arms. You, know, you, could, you could do, you know, an hour and a half on it. Yeah. But, right. You know, he's just, he's so good. So Jackson out of the state of Washington. And I mean, what was it? It was, yeah, Patrick Lyons last week kind of alluded to the weather, kind of stopped scouts getting out there so much. And Jackson Cox might be, a, I guess, not a benefactory, but the opposite of that, of the rainy, terrible spring that the Northwest has had. I mean, we see it with Spokane Indians and their rainouts and their double hunters all the time. So I'm wondering if he's not getting the looks that he possibly should be getting with all that weather that's happening up there. Which means right. he'll drop lower, which means he'll probably he's gotta be the right price, or was like you said, he's headed to Oregon a little bit. Yeah, it's just gonna be a race, you know, you know, with so many good you know, high school pitchers, you know, some of them aren't just gonna get drafted, you know, and you'll look back in a few years and go, Wow, you know, should have taken him over, you know, this guy. And yeah. That happens, you know. But they're just this is just you know, this is setting up, you know, for a really good college pitching class, you know, in the next three years, next three or four years. Right. Yeah. And if these guys do go, if they do go to college, like they're going to be right back into the draft in two or three years mm -hmm. anyway. So that's very true. Um, Jim Callis has Jordan Beck, the outfielder, another outfielder from Tennessee going into the Rockies at 31. And then the Rockies are going to look at Andrew Dukanich, uh, Jesuit prep and in Indianapolis as their 38 slot, according to Jim Callis. What do you guys know about Jordan Beck or Andrew Dukanich? Well, I know Jordan Beck, someone mocked him to the Rockies at 10 
just a couple weeks ago. Um, yeah, he's another toolsy outfielder. He's not, you know, super fast, but he's he's played some center field in college. I think people really like his power. That's kind of what's got his stock so high. He hasn't had that kind of college season where you look at the numbers and you're like, wow, that's a first round pick. Um, maybe that's a first round pick, but not like a that's a high first round pick. It'd be it'd be nice to get a high floor bat. That's kind of what we're looking at. And then do you know anything about Dukanich, Nick? And I, I know he's good. I don't know a lot about him. <laughs> um, looks so. like a high school arm, right? Yeah. Right hander. Yeah. Right hander out of Reboof Jesuit prep. Uh, but I mean, we stress it enough. High school arms are very, very loaded in this draft class. So do they do they break mold and go high school arm? And that's 31, 38 pick will be fun to watch. Uh any other things you just want to throw out there for the good of the cause? I, I want to highlight on what <laughs> Nick said, just about this being kind of a thin college pitching class and how that might force the hand of the Rockies to break mold. Um, you know, they they have to get pitching. They That's their, their MO. They get a lot of pitching. So early, they might have to get a high school pitcher because the, otherwise the value might not meet kind of what they're trying to do. So – this is like we said at the beginning of the pod, maybe the best prep pitching class ever. Like there are probably 15 or 20 guys who you could justify a first round pick on, but you know, a good handful of those guys are going to go to college because they're not going to, you know, go as high as they want to, but the Rockies might have to pull the trigger at, you know, 31 or 38 uh, on one of those guys that, that they like. So that's something to keep an eye on. It, a lot of people would shudder at that, just given our history, but this is a really loaded class. I think you're likely to find some talent. That's good. I like that. What do you got, Nick? Anything last – any last remarks? I'm going to throw just a quick just kind of just area for people to start watching here. Uh, Canada, you know, in the next few couple of years and just kind of now, uh, you know, with, with their with draft players, you know, doing a little bit of research into it, you know, Canada – as a number of good players you know, that don't get a lot of love, you, know, you can go on Twitter, Prep Baseball Canada, you know, stuff. But I've started, you know, looking at it a little bit, and you know, they're not a good players. You know, that go to, you know, big D1 schools. Uh, Jacob Zibin is one of them who I originally had you know, on my list who uh, goes to Teen XL Academy, which is just, it's uh, one of those academies where they, you know, it's baseball, you know, you're paying, you know, for online school, you know, to fit huge program but you know he's a big kid you know good fastball i just think you know you know there isn't a lot of i don't know if he doesn't get a lot of love you know but he's, he's, he's another one of the good good canadian arm that you know you're starting to see you know a number of good canadian players start you know to commit to bigger colleges all right so our friends up north have some talent to look out as they keep coming down i mean jeff francis right we got that larry 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 Walker Canadian? Yeah. I think so. Larry Walker's Canadian. So there's some talent up north there to look out for. I appreciate that. Yeah. So the draft right now is scheduled for Sunday, July 17th, uh, 2022. Uh, so we are still a month and a half away. We are going to probably do this bi-weekly for a little bit and then maybe do a little short segments as we get closer and closer. We're definitely going to do something fun on the draft day. Hopefully our schedules allow it. Um, whether it's a Twitter takeover, Twitter live, whatever, 
we'll figure out something to do fun with that. But if you want Rocky, Rocky draft stuff, this is where you need to go. Yes. I'm putting this out there and you should tell all your friends about us. Like we not sure who else is doing this and who else has time for this. So we are out here trying to give those names for you and work in the market. Tyler and Nick are very passionate about this. They're very excited about this. So they're constantly looking at all this stuff. I mean, Nick just took like a week long road trip. It seemed like going to all these, all these colleges and going. So we're out here. So we're, we're, we're idiots, like I said, but we're knowledgeable idiots. So keep, keep with us. Um, so we'll do with that. Keep in mind, we are look forward to, we are still planning to do that broadcast with Nate Harris. It's going to happen probably the first week in June. It's probably June 3rd, 4th, 5th, 6th, one of those evenings. Um, we'll have a more set date next time you hear from me, but that's going to be fun. Watch the Hartford Yard goes with us or listening to it us while you watch the Hartford Goats. Uh, give that ex-player, that retired player outlook with it. Uh, we just dropped a fun banter session with frank duncan um who's now on the al just had knee surgery looks like he's gonna be out for a little bit which absolutely sucks because his journey is absolutely incredible going from what drafted the pirates working his way to through the triple a getting a mlb spring training call and then literally getting traded as he showed up to the door which absolutely sucks and then had to play indie ball and get an extra shot just a wild wild story that you don't necessarily hear it's not a zach bean it's not a Benny Montgomery story. It's a grinder story, setback story. And he sat there and he's very, very well-spoken, very knowledgeable and just, just a down to earth dude. So Frank Duncan, that just released today, but you will see it three, four days ago. And then last thing I got to plug it. I'm, just, I'm terrible at plugging this. So I'm trying to do it. We do have merch and all that stuff, all that profit does go to our guys. So if somebody spends the time sitting, sitting down with us doing a banter session, our goal is to send gift cards to them for Chipotle or something. Uh, Cadova, probably Chipotle. I think that's the big Chipotle guys. And all of that profit that we make off that merch from the spread shop is getting sent back to them. So you do want to support us. You're not really supporting us. You're really supporting our guys, which is what it's all about. Their stories is why we do this. Um, we do it for fun, but also sharing those stories. And we still have a few more coming up that are fantastic. And I'm sure we have more coming. So check that out in the link tree. You'll see that in the description. Um, just, just fun stuff. Again, none of this goes to us. We're not out here making money. We are doing it for the guys. So supporting them by listening to us, supporting them by buying stuff, so we can buy them some Cadoba. Chipotle. Yeah, they gotta they gotta get big and strong. So yeah, help, that's what you're doing. You're helping them get larger and stronger and better. Yeah, it's for the the cause. We're doing it for the cause. (laughs) We need the cause. Get them up there. Get them grinding. So that's our little perk. That's our our little plug. And let's uh, keep doing cool things. Keep an eye out. Keep an ear out. And let's go rocks. Draft class of 2022. (laughs) Woo! Thank you for watching and listening. Please check out our link tree for more content.